Welcome to Grass Talk Radio. This show is for people who play bluegrass music and anybody who might want to. The prison guard shut the iron door behind me. Howdy folks and welcome back to Grass Talk Radio. I've been a little absent here lately and uh, not going to explain why other than I'm sure you have similar things that come along in your life and sometimes things just don't work out where you can do the things you'd love doing sometimes you got to do the things you have to do and sometimes you have to do the things that you don't even want to do and that's what i've been up to here lately anyway i appreciate all of you who have hung in here through all these 200 episodes well that it's actually more than that as you know because of the bonuses and it's christmas eve today and i thought i would just send you a little message of goodwill to men you know you know the what's the phrase peace on earth and goodwill to men and etc whatever uh i can't recall it i'd have to watch the peanuts movie again to uh brush up on my uh christmas slogans anyway um i just came in from the yard i'm filthy dirty uh been i just been hanging out with my family my uh son and wife are often gone from the house because of the situation with Jackson going to school 60 miles away. And so I spend an inordinate amount of time alone here just uh, contemplating my navel when I could be doing podcasts, I know, or pulling weeds or cutting down trees or whatever, <laughs> chopping firewood. Um, anyway, school's out. My wife's off work until January the something. And so I just want to pop in here to wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And I will come back in the new year and uh, get things rolling again. There's been so many things going on that don't have a thing to do with bluegrass. And I'm sure your life is like that as well. And frankly, as it should be. I mean... Unless you got a really good paying gig around this time of year, you probably ought to just put the uh, banjo in the corner for a while. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be bluegrass all the time. But I, I was going to tell you a couple things that um, that I've been up to uh, recently. And it, it, a lot of it revolves around Jackson, my son, who is now 13. You know, I told you he won that composition contest. I think I mentioned it if I didn't. I'm ashamed of myself as a father, but I, I think I did mention it. And uh, one of the things we've been doing, I just, this is the only bluegrass-related content in the thing, is that he and I sat down and created a digital instrument. And it is the mandol mandolin. And we pulled out my mandolin and... I kept talking to him about this, like, how, how, how is this done? How do you have these, like, violins and cellos and basses on your computer, and then you just program the notes, and it sounds like an orchestra. How do you do that? Well, I don't know. Well, he spent a couple of months studying up on how that is done, and so then I said, okay, let's make a mandolin voice. Now, there were some other mandolin voices already available from various, um, you know, there are these companies that sell instrument sounds. 
Literally, there are. If you're not familiar with that, let me tell you, it's going to be the death of all of the live musicians in the world eventually. There are instrument packages that you can purchase for your computer that have every sort of note that could ever possibly be played on a violin, an oboe, a bassoon, a tuba. I mean, sliding from an A to a G, they've recorded that. Sliding from an A flat to a G, they've recorded that. From 16 mic positions. And it, it's, it's just insane what they're doing. And then if you take all these little bits and pieces and compile them together, you can create a sound that sounds like, or pretty close, to an actual human being playing the instrument. And... You know, we're bluegrass pickers, so we know what a good banjo player sounds like. We know what a fiddle player sounds like. And uh, my opinion is that they still haven't, they have not quite reached the ability to make it sound truly human. But if you think about orchestral scores and big band scores and things like that, instruments like an upright bass, it's pretty easy to just program these pre-recorded sounds and make it sound pretty close to a really good bass player. But I, I think it's interesting. I think that people are just the people who are creating these, selling these and being paid to record these are really just signing They're driving nails in their own coffin. Because once you've recorded, like, let's say you're hired to record every note on the violin with slides up and slides down and vibrato and legato and pizzicato and, and, and you record all that. And then these computer nerds take over and they don't ever call you back because they don't need you anymore. They don't need you coming around like drinking up the Diet Coke out of the fridge, you know. Because they've already captured your essence, your musical essence. So anyway, that's the wave of the future. And if you don't think it's already occurring on bluegrass recordings, I would tend to disagree. There's a lot of tricky stuff going on in bluegrass recordings today. Far more in other forms of music, no doubt. I mean, let's, the most gross example, Millie Vanilli, okay, you know. I don't even think they sang on their own records or whatever. So you get where I'm going with this. And I think it's the anti-bluegrass. Bluegrass is all about the real. To me, it may not be to you. Maybe you're in the other camp. But to me, it's about like, you know, five guys sitting around a room, pulling them out, picking, singing. And that sound, if you can capture it and capture it well and put it on a record, so be it. Or put it on a stage, so be it. It's it's the same thing, you know, if Doyle Lawson and Quicksilver stopped by my house, which they haven't done. Uh, but if they were to stop by on their way back from Jekyll Island after their, you know, final performance and were to get in my kitchen and we just pull the chairs out and... Uh, you know, have some coffee and cornbread and beans and stuff, and they were to start playing, it would pretty much sound exactly like the way that you expect them to sound. But I'm saying that the computers, the meta, the, the metaverse, it's coming. And uh, 
I want to do everything in my power to stop that from happening. Not not stop it from happening, but prevent it from becoming the pre- predominant uh, force in music. I want real music. I want strings wiggling wood or calf skin and making air molecules jump around all the way to your eardrum. That's what I'm about. And if you stick a big amplifier and some speakers in that process, I'm cool with that. But I am not cool with the concept of, well, we don't really need musicians anymore. We captured all that on on the computer. And now these Microsoft nerds can just put it all together. But anyway, to show how contradictory I am in nature, Jackson and I sat down and recorded a... he, He instructed me what to do. I had to sit down and play every note on my mandolin eight times. I think it was eight. might have been four. I don't know. They have this little thing called round robin where you record the note four times, let's say, in a row. And then each time they program the note, it chooses note one the first time, note two the second time, note three the second time, note four the fourth time. I don't even know if I said that right, but you get my drift. They rotate through that series of notes and the idea is it makes you sound more like a human being because every note doesn't come out the same if you're a human. If you're a machine, every note sounds the same. So they do this technique called round robin and I wanted to learn about this. So we created a mandolin instrument and I, if Jackson told me, and I think The only way you can use this is if you have a DAW, digital audio workstation, like um, FL Studio, something like that. And then you can import instruments with the contact library, and that's contact with a K. I don't know much more beyond that. But basically, Jackson had me sit down and play, starting on the open fourth string on the mandolin, play the note... I think it was four times, might have been eight times in a row. Just dong, 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 dong. And then G sharp, first fret. A, B flat, B. So I played all the way up to the 12th fret on the fourth string very slowly. And man, it was, it was one of the most difficult things I ever played. I never tried to do something quite that, like, defined. So then to the third string, open all the way to the 12th fret. The fourth, I'm sorry, the second string, open all the way to the 12th fret. And then the first string, open all the way. I think we might have went beyond the 12th fret, maybe to the 15th fret on the first string. And I was just beat. I was sweating, beads of sweat running down my face. I'm like, holy, and he's like, all right, that's good. That's good. Then he went to work and he chopped all this stuff up and did all this. I don't know what he did, quite frankly, how he turned that into a voice that could be put in the computer. And it's like, you know, like so many megabytes of data and all that stuff. Um, then he began to program music that was my instrument played by me but directed by a computer. Very much like an orchestra, if you think about that. You know, the human being plays the instrument, 
and makes the sounds, but it is directed by the music in front of them and the conductor. And that's kind of what was happening there. You know, a really robotic type of thing. But anyway, so when I finish this little um, holiday greeting, I'm going to play you one or two little cuts. One is a classical thing. It's a uh, Bach partita. And it, it is me playing my mandolin. But it's not me. It's the computer. But it is my mandolin and uh, the old flat iron, 85 flat iron. Flat iron and uh, it's pretty amazing. Now, I did not do slides. Uh, I did not do tremolo. I didn't do upward slides, downward slides, one fret, two fret. I didn't do any of that. We may do that later. But, uh, you know, if somebody sits down and does all of that stuff, pretty much Ronnie McCurry don't need to, he, he's out of work, you know, because for recording purposes, not for live performance, obviously. Unless you just milly vanilli it, you know, and there are probably people doing that, you know, I don't know. Like I saw Travis Tritt one time kind of doing a milly vanilli banjo thing one time. And it was actually, uh, I think Jim Mills kind of behind the curtain with a mic shoved in his bag. I think that's what we were hearing while we were seeing Travis. I'm just, I'm, it's a guess. I'm probably wrong. Travis Stritt is probably a great banjo player. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I've been working on that. In fact, let's just go to one of those right now, and then I'll tell you what else I've been doing. So here's the first little tune. This is my mandolin digitized. So you don't need me anymore, folks. See ya. And uh, this is uh, the electronic version of me, courtesy of Jackson. The first, I'll, I'll do two little tunes. One is um, just, I think, I think he programmed Jerusalem Ridge. So maybe do a little bit of that. And then I'll put you in this Bach thing. Um, it's a Bach partita or a two-part invention or something. Anyway, and then I'll be back and tell you what else I've been doing. So here we go. This is Jackson's uh, programming and... My mandolin has now been digitized.
All right. So the uh, the next thing I've been, of course, I've been, you know me, I'm always doing a lot of different things. I was um, just came in from the yard out there with uh, two baseball gloves and a baseball. Me and Jackson just throwing the ball around in the yard and with the dogs running around. And of course, the dog would grab the ball and take off with it. And that, you know, <laughs> all chaos ensued. Um, so, man, that'll get you out of breath when you're my age. Whew. But I'll tell you what, I was snapping some pr pretty good grounders there, and Jackson was doing good, too. Anyway, that's what I'm doing. You know, there, there's a time for bluegrass, and there's a time for other things. And sometimes it's better just to get out in the yard with your 13-year-old kid and throw that throw that horse hide back and forth um, just for fun, you know? Anyway, so been up to that and uh, cooking. I, I'm, I'm still on my lifelong quest to make a proper biscuit. And I think I've finally done it. I mean, they were pretty good. I've made some rotten biscuits. Uh, as riders in the sky would say, them old hockey pucks, you know, that's how my biscuits usually turn out, like a dadgum hockey puck. And I'm just mystified by the process of making a biscuit, and the recipe seems so simple. But yesterday morning, I got up, and I made some biscuits. And I have this book called The Cowboy Cookbook, and I just looked through all the biscuit recipes and saw what I had and what I didn't have, and, and man, these things turned out good. I might, maybe, give you the recipe if you're really interested. These were the best biscuits I have made in my life. And so simple. Just so ridiculously simple. Maybe that's what I've been doing. I've been trying too many things. See, I like a biscuit that's a little, a little crispy on the outside, the top and the bottom, and I want them to rise up and kind of split in the middle. And I want the middle to be a little, little chewy, but not gooey. Definitely not gooey, but chewy in the middle and a little crunchy, crispy thing on it. You know what I'm saying? That, to me, is a perfect biscuit, and it's got to taste right, too. And, man, I'm telling you, these did. Straight out of the Cowboy Cookbook. Uh, the recipe came from a ranch, I think, in Montana. It's from the, uh, the Range Association publishes this cookbook, or published this cookbook, and I bought it. And uh, it's got all the things like how to cook beans properly and how to cook chili properly and, all, you know, all this stuff. Anyway, they were good. And I will tell you that one of the secret ingredients in the biscuits is a quarter cup of beer. And I used Guinness. So I may be giving away the secret of the best biscuits ever, but man, these were good. My wife even liked them. Normally, she won't even eat my biscuits because she knows all I do is make hockey puck replicas. These were good. So I might get up in the morning, Christmas morning, and whip up another batch. I think it's only like five ingredients. And, uh, oh, man. So I've uh, been working on my biscuits, and there's just no bluegrass going on. I did hear from somebody at the jam last Tuesday, still doing the jam. And um, somebody in the audience came up and had a mandolin with them and wanted me to check it out and everything. It was one of those little fenders with the electric pickup in it and stuff. 
kind of a gnarly little mandolin. Doesn't have much in the way of sound, but you know, just wanted me to scope it out. It was set up fine. Somebody obviously had done a little nut job on it, and uh, I noticed there was no truss rod cover on the thing, so who knows. Anyway, was talking to her, and she said, oh, we're going down to see Doyle Lawson's final performance. And it reminded me of how many times I heard about Hot Rise's final performance. I think it was like five times. So I'm hoping that that is the case with Doyle. I mean, I... I hate to see that guy just hang it up. Um, I love Doyle Lawson. And man, has he, you know, followed in the in the model of Bill Monroe and taught so many musicians. I mean, there wouldn't be a third time out if there wasn't Doyle Lawson and Quicksilver. And you could say there wouldn't be a Doyle Lawson and Quicksilver if there wasn't blah, 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 blah. It's like one, yeah, I kind of want to like take a year off and get, get a large piece of paper or get me a rubber room to go into with post-it notes like a some kind of wild conspiracy theory guy and chart out the entire bluegrass family tree because it's interesting how everybody seems to affect someone else and then they affect someone else and someone else and someone else. I, I think I talked about that in some other episodes. Anyway, so biscuits, Christmas... Uh, dogs, chickens, cats, donkeys, etc. And, uh, you know, no picking really. Just, just our little Tuesday night thing. And I'm sure, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to do it this week or not. And I'm still hacking away on the Dobro. Uh, one thing I did do with Jackson that was really fun. My wife likes to blast Christmas music. I don't know where she gets it on the internet or something. And it's all those hits that you've heard 10 million times. And it's like, oh, God, if I hear the little drummer boy one more time, I'm going to, you know, I hate that. Oh, man, that and that. If I ever hear that again in my life, I think I'll just, you know. But a lot of the Christmas stuff I do, I really do like. And so anyway, Jackson sat down at the piano and I grabbed the bass and we just tried to play along and that man, I'm telling you what, that's some of it's really easy, you know, a little jingle bells or something. And it was cool to try, find the key, find the key, Jackson, find the key, find the key. What key are they in? Oh, they're in D or they're in A flat or whatever. That's a great exercise. Just find the key they're in and then try to figure out the chord progressions and don't play so loud. You're drowning out. I can't hear mom's phone. You know, but see if you can play something that adds to it and doesn't detract. And you know what? That's what we all should be doing when we're playing bluegrass. So we've just been fooling around with that. So don't worry. I have not given up on bluegrass. I know I've been a little slack. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of weird stuff going on in this world. And kind of hard to stay just on the one track thing. It was really easy, like back in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s. It was really easy to pretty much just form my life around the concept of bluegrass and pay the rent and keep the family fed, you know, <laughs> which are kind of contradictory. I know, I know. But anyway, uh, I just want to wish all of you Merry Christmas and Happy New Year because I'm definitely not doing another one until after New Year's. Just 
put your stuff in the case. And unless you're having a big picking over the holidays, I have had some pretty good jams and been to some pretty good jams right after Christmas because everybody's off work and the holiday is kind of over. And that's a great time to pick that week after Christmas. Maybe you should call some friends and get together with your whatever. I'm not, I'm so tempted all the time to talk about all these other things. I'm just not going to do it because I just want to wish you all a Merry Christmas and thank you for your support. All your, how many, half a million or a million visits to bradleylaird.com, which produces about one tenth of a cent per visit. And, uh, <laughs> all the, you know, for those of you who listen to all this stuff, you know, please send me your psychoanalysis because it's, uh, nah, don't, don't waste your time. I won't pay attention to it anyway. I'll read it. But, oh man, strange, strange world we live in, but it's, I've come to the realization that it's, it's not really anything new. It's, it's been like this pretty much from the beginnings of humanity when Og and Charlie were, you know, on the shore and one of them decided to crack open a clam and try it for the very first time, you know, that's a Gene Shepard reference. For those of you who are not into Gene Shepard, check him out. I mean, tonight, it's, it is Christmas Eve, is the night to pull out the best Christmas movie ever made, The Christmas Story. And uh, I always listen to the story as told by Gene Shepard, uh, which probably will come out tomorrow on the uh, Shep A Day podcast. Anyway, for you Shep fans... Um, that's a high point of my life. And, uh, especially being, you know, I lived in places where he grew up, you know, Hammond, Indiana. When I was, a, I, I went to kindergarten in Hammond, Indiana, same place he talks about. Of course, he's talking about the forties and stuff or thirties even, um, his experiences there, but it wasn't that different in 1963, you know, anyway, just shut this thing off. Go hang out with your friends, eat too much, and uh, I'll talk to you in the next year. <laughs>